Welcome back into the Inside the Pylon Mock War Room Draft. Chuck Zada here as your host, the GM, or rather the commissioner of the ITP Mock War Room Draft. Last three picks off the board that we have here. Corey Coleman going to Cincinnati. Vernon Butler heading to Pittsburgh. Jack Conklin heading to the Seahawks, which brings us to the Green Bay Packers. Heading up the Packers for us this year is Inside the Pylon's own Sal Conti. And Sal... Big thank you to uh, to you for joining us today, as well as the rest of your team. Appreciate the time. I'd like to introduce uh, my staff of two right now. Um, at the offensive coordinator spot, we got Ted Wynn. Um, and as the defensive coordinator and interim head coach, uh, we got Coach Wilsonelli. So, guys, introduce yourself, starting off with Ted. All right. My name's Ted Wynn, and I'll talk about the offense and our offensive needs. And I'm Wilson, L.A. defensive coordinator, interim head coach, and I appreciate the chance to be here. Okay, so here we go. I first wanted to start off with uh, a couple positions that um, we've all talked about that Green Bay could use, um, maybe not necessarily in order of when we draft them, but just which spots could use the most um, reinforcement. And you start off with, you know, with B.J. Raji leaving, uh, you can't replace a seven-year Vets production in one season with one pick. Um, but his spot at that two-gap interior uh, defensive line spot is hands down our biggest team on the board right now. Uh, inside linebacker, um, right now it's not yet determined what we want to do with Clay Matthews. Um, if we move him back to outside backer, we need someone to step in and play inside, but again, we just need some depth at inside in general. Um, at wide receiver, you know, with Jordy Nelson missing the season last year, his presence was sorely missed. Uh, we really missed that X receiver who could get off of press coverage, really stress DBs, and get open um, for Aaron Rodgers, who happens to be pretty damn good. Um, tight end, we, we picked up Jared Cook recently. Um, he'll bring a good value to our team on a one-year deal as a vertical threat down the middle of the field. Uh, maybe later on in the draft we can address tight end. Um, as of right now, looking at how the board fell, as far as D-line goes, we would have liked to get an Sean Robinson um, a Vernon Butler maybe would have been good um, to stick, or a Chris Jones even, to stick in the middle of our defensive line um, and reinforce that area. But I do think as far as receiver, as far as interior D-line, um, and even linebacker goes, we do still have options here. Um, so from here, I want to take it to my staff. Um, first of all, I just want to say my staff has put in some excellent work. You know, I want to get some good people and some great football minds to, to work with me on this, and I thought – mission accomplished in that department so with that being said I want to turn it over to Ted Ted as far as offensive skill players go wide receiver tight end um, who are some guys left on the board that you think would help us at 27 well the two top guys we're looking at were Michael Thomas and Josh Doxson and uh, Doxson's off the board so that kind of takes him out of the picture but we had him pretty close I know a lot of people had Doxson a lot higher than Thomas because of his elite vertical game. But, you know, as far as wide receivers, we need guys that could win on routes like slants, fades, double moves, because guys were just manning us up last year and, you know, we couldn't punish them for playing man against us. So a guy like Michael Thomas that could win quick and win on those kind of routes and use his body to protect the ball, uh, I think it's going to be, would be really good for our offense. I agree. You know, just to piggyback on that, you know, it looked like Rodgers wanted to throw those quicks quite often last year, um, establish the quick game, and get the ball going quickly. Um, Jordy Nelson, particularly good in separating in that area. 
didn't quite see that from guys who rotated in an X receiver uh, like Ty Montgomery and Devontae Adams. Um, Will, I want to go over to you really quickly on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, that nose, that two-gap in position, um, that can kick out to maybe a two or a three-tech on passing downs is our biggest need on the team so far. Um, as far as how the board fell, who are a couple names left at that position? Do you think that could help us out? Sure. Obviously, Kenny Clark, uh, defensive tackle from UCLA, uh, is a guy we're looking at. Um, really like him. Uh, he's got decent quickness um, and, and is pretty good against the run. Um, his biggest negatives um, are that he struggles to shed blocks and kind of gloms on a lot. Um, you know, I do like his versatility. He's kind of played every spot along that interior of the defensive line. Really like him. I think he could be a good fit for us. And obviously Reed from Alabama uh, is another guy that we're looking at. Um, experience with a two-gapping and, and, and obviously NFL system there uh, has done a lot of the versati- versatile things I just mentioned with Clark uh, in terms of playing a lot of different techniques along that defensive front. Those are probably the two guys that I would target um, and I'm pretty happy you've fallen to us. Right. I'm with you there. Um, just let me stay with you for one more second as far as defense goes. Um, let me just double-check this board. Uh, I believe Reggie Ragland is still available, if, I, if I'm wrong, correct me. But, you know, as far as Ragland goes in his game, what did you see from him as far as his fit um, if we were to take him here with this pick? I'm very high on Reggie Ragland. Um, that, you know, compared to defensive line, you know, the inside linebacker spot is not nearly as deep in this draft. Um, I think he's a very good athlete, good hips, an excellent cover guy, um, which is really, you know, the deficiency of Clay Matthews and what he did in the middle there. He's not a guy that you want covering in space. So right. you take Raglan there and he can do a lot of those things. Um, an explosive player, uh, plays with a high motor. You know, sometimes he's a little all over the board. The knock on him is he probably doesn't fit. Uh, the runs correctly all the time and, and does some things in there that'll make you pull your hair out a little bit. But, um, you know, it, it's an, it's a position that again, isn't very deep. Um, if you're asking me, it's a pretty big positional need for us there. Um, and I think that, that he's a guy that could come in and, and probably legitimately starts from day one on our roster. Okay. Um, I will say, uh, going back a little bit to inside linebacker, you know, we have had a pass, um, of taking maybe some outside guys, some outside linebackers, maybe converting them to inside linebacker. Um, I know Jake Ryan, uh, formerly of Michigan, played some inside but was mainly an outside rush guy who we converted. Uh, Carl Bradford from Arizona State, um, another outside guy in college who may not be the longest, lankiest dude, but you know we were able to bring inside and help us. So Raglan is a good player. We do have other needs available, specifically interior defensive line. You know, maybe there's a guy later on in the draft, an outside backer, we can convert. Um, and then whatever we decide to do with Clay Matthews could affect that as well. Um, staying on Clay, because I think he's a really important part of our defense and how this all fits. You know, in my estimation, moving forward, I think Clay should be treated as an inside linebacker. Um, if we want to move him to the outside in nickel situations, we can put him in a four down set, four down front, excuse me, um, let him free rush, let him twist. Let him get involved in that respect. You know, we have depth at outside linebacker with Dayton Jones moving out there as the elephant rusher. Um, so that's where I feel comfortable with moving forward. Now, Ted, um, going back to you, I'd like to share some uh, some offensive thoughts with you as far as the offensive line goes. 
Um, obviously, we're going to have to come to a final decision. But as far as the offensive line of scrimmage goes, a guy who's on the board right now that I think could really help us out this year and next year with some potential expiring contracts is Cody Whitehair. Um, Whitehair started 41 consecutive games to end his career at Kansas State, was a captain at left tackle, projects to guard, went to the senior bowl, um, performed well as a guard, technically sound football player, plays with good angles in his upper body, could really help run um, some of that man blocking scheme and some of the ISO and, and zone stuff that we want to do. Um, again, maybe not an immediate need, but he's definitely good enough to where we need to put his name on the table because we're looking at a situation where, outside of David Bakhtiari, um, Lang and Sitton's contracts are set to expire after the 16-league year. So definitely someone we need to consider when it's all said and done. Um, Will, going back to you, um, we're looking at, in my estimation, uh, Jerron Reed at nose tackle, um, Butler at the tackle position. Um, we like them. They're good players. They're good fits. But we know that this is a deep D-line class. Is it worth taking one of these two now, or is it worth waiting on you know, maybe some names that we've looked at in the third, fourth, fifth round of the draft? Seven minutes remaining. Sure, I, think, I think there's a lot of depth uh, there at the defensive tackle spot. Um, there's guys in the second round especially, um, kind of looking at how the board's fallen so far. Um, I think there's a couple, a few guys that may go. But there's guys like Adolphus Washington uh, out of Ohio State, Austin Johnson out of Penn State, and Chris Jones, who I really like out of Mississippi State, that, that I think we got a pretty good shot uh, at snagging later there in that second round. And it's something that, you know, if we want to roll the dice a little bit and, and wait if we feel like there's a player here um, at a position of need or at a position that's not too deep, I think there's definitely a, a ton of talent um, in that kind of, Big five technique, three technique, nose tackle. There's a lot of those guys here in this draft, uh, people that we can that we can take. Right. Ted, real quick, back to you. In the event that we do not address wide receiver and address that contingency plan behind if, now Jordy Nelson's recovery going great, everything out of that camp's going great, um, needs to be a plan put in place behind him. If, knock on wood, something happens again to that nature. If we do not address receiver in round mm-hmm. one, who are some options if there are options at receiver or at an H-back tight end spot who can help us in the pass game? Uh, I think if no one picks up Hopper, we have, a, you know, he has a good value in the second round. He's a guy that could, you know, attack the team extremely well. He has really good catch radius, and that will pair what, you know, well with Aaron Rodgers' ability to place the ball where he, you know, where he wants. And if not, Big B is a good option at tight end. And there's also, if Mike Thomas continues to drop, then, you know, that, that could be a guy we look at later, too. Right. I am a, I'm definitely a big fan of Thomas's game. We've talked to him in depth uh, about what he can do in the short, intermediate, and deep parts of the field. Uh, obviously, we like Doxon, but as we said, um, he went earlier in the top 15. So, guys, I think we're in a good position on our board right now to start making some final decisions, I think, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. We have four, maybe five good options in total. Um, and based on our previous conversations, what we've already aired out now um, and what the board looks like, we're looking at Cody Whitehair, Jerron Reed, uh, Kenny Clark, uh, Reggie Ragland, and Mike Thomas as our final five. Um, as far as wide receiver goes later on in the draft, um, like Ted, you mentioned, 
uh, not at the wide receiver position, but Higby can definitely add some value in the pass game. Other names mentioned, um, Malcolm Mitchell from Georgia, Jay Lee from Baylor, a big physical presence at X that can help us later on. Um, while I do like Thomas a lot, and he's going to help a team out immensely, I don't think we need to jump on him right now, and we have more pressing needs elsewhere. I love Cody Whitehair at guard or tackle. Um, again, he's going to help out a team immensely. Again, need-wise, I don't think it's the best thing to do. Uh, we've had a history of taking offensive linemen between rounds three and five, mm-hmm. including Bakhtiari, Sitton, Lang. Um, and in this class, we can find those same players. We have three picks in the fourth round, including picks uh, 131 and 137 overall, compensatory picks awarded to us. You know, I'm thinking of guys like Joe Dahl, Connor McGovern, names like that, who we can redshirt, so to speak, bring into our system, teach them the playbook, getting them to our, uh, our conditioning programs, and get them ready to rock and roll. Three uh, minutes remaining. Thank you very much. So it's down to three now, Will. We're looking at Jaron Reed, Kenny Butler, and Reggie Ragland. Uh, we've already talked before about our ability to bring those outside guys to inside linebacker. Um, so my main question for you is this. Quite frankly, I prefer Reed as a big physical run stuffer in the middle who we can bring along as a pass rusher, just like we did with Raji. Um, but what are your thoughts as it pertains to those two defensive linemen next to each other? I agree. Um, I think I think Reed is probably the better option, uh, the more the more ready guy to come in and, and be an impactful player. Um, you know, I, the only concern, and I've said it a couple times, there's nobody like Raglan in this draft, and it's not. There's not a lot moving forward at that position. So if we're if we feel like we need to add an inside linebacker and an impactful one, that's the guy you need to go after. Again, the D line depth. Um, I think there's a lot of guys you can get there at the second round, but if you're going to add a guy at inside backer in this draft, I think you should pull the trigger and take Raglan now. Right. Okay. Um, I, I believe that I have everything in mind to make this pick. Um, just to whip down one more time, you know, I think later on in this draft we need to address offensive line, especially on the interior. Um, I think at wide receiver – you know, I think back to Jeff Janis we nabbed in the seventh round. So in the back end of the draft in an undrafted college free agency, uh, we can continue to address the pass catcher position. Um, outside linebacker, or inside linebacker, excuse me, we can continue to address that as such. I agree with you. I love Raglan. Um, moving forward, Clay Matthews is going to be an inside linebacker for us. While he does have some limitations as it pertains to twitch and athletic ability, mirroring running backs such as Matt Forte and the flats and underneath routes, you know, I do think D-line we have to address now. It's too big of a need. We can't replace the production of a seven-year vet in one year. Um, but we need somebody there, and we need somebody to bring up. So, Chuck, I, I believe we're ready to make our pick. Um, and with this 27th pick in the 2016 Inside the Pylon Mock War Room draft, uh, the Green Bay Packers are going to select Jaron Reed from Alabama. There you have it, the Green Bay Packers taking Jaron Reed from Alabama. A big thank you to uh, to you, Sal, as well as the rest of your team for this. Uh, I know it's been a lot of work just to put all this together, and uh, very appreciative that you were able to uh, find some time to help us out here. No problem, man. It was a lot of fun. And, I, and again, thank you very much to Will and Ted uh, for putting the time in. It was a lot of fun. Jerron Reed off the board at 27 to the Green Bay Packers. Mark Schofield and Shane Alexander are here as they always are. 
to get you a little bit more information on the pick. Shane, I want to start with you. I know that uh, you have watched every snap of Reed's career. That's what I heard from you just a little while ago. Talk to me about what you saw. Yeah, he's been the best, most he's been the most consistent defensive lineman that, that Saban's had during his tenure in Alabama, spending nine seasons. He was a guy that I thought could have been a first round pick had he come out last year. He went back. He is just a force in the middle of that defensive line, stopping the run, interior pass rush. You watched it in the playoff, especially. Um, this is a guy that is powerful and has a lot of quick twitch for his size. Now at Bama, a lot of times those defensive line are asked to two gap much like he would be doing in Green Bay, so that works great. But he also has the ability on sub-packages uh, you know, to get upfield, pressure the quarterback. I think he can play a true zero, a nose tackle position, and you can slide him all the way out to like a five-tech if you want to go in a heavy set. Um, this is a pick that I personally have mocked in my latest mock draft, um, and as you are watching this, it will be out. I think it's an excellent, just typical Ted Thompson pick. And as far as ceiling goes, extremely high ceiling. But I think his floor is extremely high. Like, I bet on him being one of the most solid players, especially defensive players in this class. Yeah, and this is, uh, depending on how you view DeForest Buckner, whether you view him as a 3-4 end or a 4-3 tackle, this is either the sixth or seventh defensive tackle taken now in the first round here. Just showing the depth of that D-line class. And you had talked about this right at the outset when we first started doing this project. And now we've seen you know six or seven D tackles going in the first round here. Yeah, and Gerard Reed, like I say, the, the floor on him is probably as high as any. Um, his ceiling may not be DeForest Butner level high, but you know he's right up there in terms of guys that you want on your football team. Ashawn Robinson is another lineman from Alabama, almost cut from the same cloth. And while I think Ashawn's ceiling might be a little bit higher, you know what you're getting more is Ron Reed. And they just lost B.J. Raji. Uh, they've got some you know issues on their defensive line because they're moving Dayton Jones up to an outside linebacker position. So the guy that they've got on their line that's really trustworthy as far as the Packers goes, Mike Daniels. You need to add more than one guy that you can trust in the trenches. Jaron Reed is a guy that, again, we've talked about it several times. Already. He's not a sexy pick. He's not going to win the press conference. But if the Packers are going to get back to the Super Bowl, they can trust him on every down, you know, run stopping early, pass rushing late. Um, this is a great value pick. Like you said, six or seven guys have already went. He lasted this long. We just talked about value yesterday on the Conklin pick, another value pick for Green Bay. Mark, talk to me a little bit about the the scheme fit that you see from Reed heading into that Green Bay defense. Well, I'll tell you, the two guys that might be really happy right now are Jake Ryan and Sam Barrington, those inside linebackers of that 3-4 defense, because now they've got a guy in front of them that's just going to eat up blockers and it's going to allow those guys to flow to the ball and make plays. It's a great scheme fit perspective because what they can do now, they had that experiment where they moved Clay Matthews inside. That didn't really work out. So now you've got Matthews, Julius Peppers off the edge, and you've got a guy in the middle that can make life easier for now your two inside linebackers with Ryan, with Barrington. So that fixes a lot of holes on that defensive side for Green Bay with just making this one pick because it allows guys off the edges to make plays where they're more naturally able to make plays and they're a better fit in Peppers and in Matthews. And it's a guy inside in Reed that can eat up blockers for those two inside linebackers as well. It's a great scheme fit, great value pick, just a great pick all around. That is Mark Schofield and Shane Alexander breaking down the pick for you. Jerron Reed heading to Green Bay. Tomorrow, 28th pick of the draft is going to be made. Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock. What are they going to do? Make sure you tune in tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Mock War Room Draft.